I mentioned giving, um, substituting an equivalent expression for another. That's a critical component in doing arithmetic and is also the foundation of algebra. So let me give some examples of what I mean. Um, let's take the problem 71 minus 36. Right? Now, probably, everyone's probably thinking about how would I do that. Some people are immediately probably thinking of stacking it. Um, then subtracting the units and then borrowing, you know, and regrouping and going to the tens. But if you think about that problem as distance and you just shuffle the distance on a number line, keeping the distance the same, 71 minus 36 is equivalent to 70 minus 35. Well, we're done. Everyone knows the double 35 plus 35 is 70. We're done. Right? So the regrouping isn't even needed. What about 1,000 minus 389? Ooh, you see, if you numerate, 89 pulls you. 89 says, mmm, I'm almost to 100. I'm only 11 away. All right, let's shift it, shift the distance, 11. So that becomes 1,011 minus 400. We're done and we're substituting an equivalent expression. In my work, I've called this strategy constant difference. It's a powerful, powerful strategy for subtraction. And in fact, it's going to form an underlying big idea and helpful way of imagining, modeling, um, even when we move up to subtraction with integers. So imagine minus eight, minus a minus three, right? minus a negative three. Right, well, if we could get the negative 3 to 0, our work's done, right? All right, so what do we have to add to negative 3 to get to 0? We have to add plus 3, right? Well, if we add plus 3 to minus 8, we know it's going to be take away 0, so we don't have to worry about that piece. So we've turned this whole problem into negative 8 plus 3. Oh my goodness, that's two negatives make a plus. Oh my goodness, I don't have to memorize these rules. You mean I, I can just think about subtraction as difference? Yeah? All right, some more subtraction. 461 minus 129. Most children will start with the biggest chunk first. They think it's absolutely silly to start with one take away nine. All right, if you start with the biggest chunk first, 461 take away 100. Can almost that take away 100, you can mentally even, you know where you are, you're at 361. Take away 30, 331, add one back in. These kinds of mental arithmetic strategies are for, far more powerful and are more helpful in the world that children are growing up in than needing to get out pencil and paper and start regrouping. Children love calling that strategy and they say, I invented it, remove the biggest chunk first. How about something like, Oh my goodness, um, let's see, I have to even think where my commas go here. 138 million, uh, no, no, let's see, what do I have there? 1,385,671 minus 249,649. How about a good strategy for that one? Yeah, the calculator, me too. <laughs> and this is the world the children are growing up in. We want them to be numerate in the world that they're growing up in. All right, so let's take, let's take multiplication, three and a half times 140. All right, you know what? If you double the multiplier, right, you're gonna get half as much in each group. So we could turn this problem right away into seven times 70. It's the same, we're done.
What about 3.5 times 350? All right, well, if we, you know what? Get rid of that decimal. That's what the, the mathematician is saying, you know? An efficient, elegant strategy, get rid of the decimal. All right, so it's 35, right? Well, we multiply by 10 to get rid of it. So if we divide by 10 with the 350, we now have 35. Well, we, now we have a problem 35 times 35. Now you might be saying to yourself, that's still not very friendly, Kathy. 35 times 35, well, actually, it's quite friendly if you've played a lot with squares because 35 times 35 ends up being the same thing as 40 times 30. Go up a decade, go down a decade, plus 25. Um, so you're done. 120, I'm sorry, 1,000, um, uh, 200 plus 25. 17 times 23. Well, actually, if you look at that as two squares as well, we go to the midpoint first and we square it. So we get 20 squared. The distance from each of those factors to the midpoint is 3. Square that. Find the difference of the squares. 20 squared minus 3 squared is the same thing as 400 minus 9, and we're done. These strategies are all based on a deep understanding of number and operation. And this is what we're trying to develop in children. This is the hallmark of numeracy. Let's take a, a look at division. 600 divided by 18. I mentioned earlier you could simplify. Huh. It's the same thing as 100 divided by 3. We're done. 33 point bar, right? 3. Let's go to um, something like 378 divided by 18. All right. We could simplify. That's 42 divided by 2. Done. We could, of course, say 360 divided by 18 plus 18 divided by 18, use partial products instead. Works fine too, right? 20 plus one. Fractions, three-fourths times four-fifths. All right, so if you imagine an array here, we've got three-fourths of the rectangle times four-fifths of the rectangle. We're gonna end up with two rectangles, a three by four and a four by five. And the 3 by 4 over the 4 by 5 is 12 out of the 20. But you know what? If you just turn one rectangle, you get a um, 4 by 3 instead of a 3 by 4. So now we have 4 fourths times 3 fifths. We're done, because 4 fourths is 1. So instead of trying to multiply the numerators and multiply the denominators and reduce, which is the algorithm we have taught children for years, and most of us think that's the only way to multiply fractions. Actually, if you understand what's going on here really is the commutative property and a ratio of two rectangles, then you can turn one of the rectangles and you immediately turn, um, it, with these numbers anyway, you end up with one times three-fifths. And you've, you've saved all those other steps. Take a look at division. Oh, wait a minute, don't we have to invert and multiply and not wonder why? Uh-uh, think about it proportionally. Three-fourths um, of a can of paint was enough for half the room. Right? So that's three-fourths divided by a half. It's a rate. At that rate, how much paint do we need for the whole room? Well, the whole room's gonna be double the half, so the can of paint 
we need twice as much. So the answer must be six-fourths divided by one. In other words, three-fourths divided by a half is equivalent to six-fourths divided by one. They're just equivalent rates. All right, but that was an easy one, right? We had a half. We just doubled. All right, so what if it had been three-fourths of a can of paint is enough for two-thirds of the room? Well, if I were only at that nice place, like a third, then I know I have to multiply by three, right? Well, why don't we go there first then? All right, so to move from two-thirds of the room to one-third of the room, we just cut it in half. So the paint we're going to cut in half. So it's not going to be three-fourths of a can of paint. It's going to be three-eighths of a can of paint. But now we're at a pretty place. Three-eighths divided by one-third is easy because we scale up now to the three. We're done. So we have nine-eighths divided by one, and we're done. The point here is now we're developing proportional reasoning. We're seeing division is rate, not just how many fit in it. All of the arithmetic that we have taught year after year after year as procedures, the good teacher, of course, always knows that I need my children to understand why the procedures work. But that is nowhere near sufficient to develop numeracy. This is not about teaching the standard procedures for understanding. This is about teaching the deep, um, big ideas uh, about the mathematics that are going to form the underlying framework for later courses in algebra, um, a deep understanding of the number system, the properties and the operations that work, the critical milestones for what children are going to need to be able to be successful in our society. Now, within that, of course the algorithms are there, but the algorithms are not the final goal. And so many people think, all right, I know we teach for understanding. And then as soon as the children understand the operation, we go to the algorithm and we're done with it. That's not the progression. I think I want to raise a couple of questions here. What if we actually considered giving children a chance in our classrooms to be young mathematicians at work? Whoa. That's a, that's a leap, isn't it, for many of us. And even the bigger question behind that is what if we actually believed children could? And that's the stumbling block for many people. They don't believe children can think unless you explain what they should do and they should practice it.